What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Track Podcast. For the month of January, we are posting an episode every single day at 6 a.m. Central Time. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the Budget Track Podcast. That would be very much appreciated. And before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek podcast, and today we have a very special guest, He's the co-founder at Iconic, who is a leader in Canvas Art and partnered with people like Gary V, Mr. Mark Brazil. Mark, what's going on, man? My man, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I was a little late. I appreciate your patience. Thanks for coming on, my man. So I know we briefly talked uh, in Vegas. So for those of you out there who are listening, me and Mark actually met in Vegas at Travis Chapel's event. And I was briefly telling him about what Budget Trek is actually about. And I hit on, you know, me and my wife reaching financial freedom, documenting that journey. But it's really transformed into a platform to talk about the struggles that entrepreneurs go through and going from point A to point Z. So that's where I really want to hit on. But before we talk about your story and how that correlates with the direction of my podcast, I want to ask you this first question. What is the dumbest thing you have ever spent money on? What is the dumbest thing I've ever spent money on? This is going to be a unique answer. Uh, I really don't, I've really never spent money on anything dumb because I never really had money. And ironically enough, I never really had money. So I really learned how to basically budget and live below my means because I just never had money. And, you know, we'll get into a little deeper, but I would say I'm 34 years old now. 34 years old now and I'd say when I was 31, my true success started. And ironically enough, man, I've just maintained the same core principles where nothing, man. I've never spent money. The only thing I've spent money on is traveling, which I don't think there's no such thing as a poor investment in traveling because it's an experience. And then my friends call me Barter Simpson. I barter a lot of things. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I could tell you one thing. It's people, people that spend money that they don't have, that's how they get into trouble. And you know, we'll get a little deeper. I, I actually went into debt, but it wasn't because... I spent money on stuff It's because I didn't understand uh, tax and its implications. So uh, yeah, man, I've always lived be- uh, below my means. And as I attain uh, more success and wealth, I'm, I think the key to me uh, growing, you know, my empire is going to be maintaining those same principles. Yeah. I think that's huge because I see a lot of people in the personal finance space that argue that, Oh, I'll, I'll figure out how to manage my money when I make more money. But the fact of the matter is, you can make $10,000 a year or a million dollars a year. If you can't manage $10,000 a year, then you can't manage a million dollars a year. And I think like you said, it's those core principles that you brought with you from day one to where you're at today, which is huge because I think that that is definitely something you have to learn yourself and you have to experience. And there's a lot of trial and a lot of error. And once you get down, you know, your core principles, it's just, you just got to stick to it and stay disciplined. But I really want to dive deep into your story because you're co-founding Iconic, you're partnered with people like Gary Vee, you're verified on Instagram, and you have all the success that, you know, I could go to your Instagram and just see it. 
But quite frankly, I don't really care about that because I can tell about your success without having to talk to you. But I want to talk about your struggles. I want to talk about the birth of Iconic, you know, financially, emotionally, and mentally. What did you go through that was just like, man, this shit sucks. But you had this vision in your head of where you wanted it to go and you just stuck to it. Yeah, I mean, we could spend hours on hours and hours of all the shit I've gone through, but I'll, I'll hit some, uh, some key bullet points. I would say I was late 20s, maybe 28 years old, 29 years old, and I was a, uh, a W-2 contractor, which for those, uh, those of you that are listening, I don't know, they take your taxes out. And then I understood W-2s and 1099, 1099, you need to pay your taxes at the end of the year. Uh, and K-1, I became an owner of the company, and K-1 uh, are taxed like 1099s where you owe money at the end of the year. So I was getting this money. And I was assuming that they were taxed the same way as W-2s. And they were, I was getting taxes if it was a 1099. So at the end of the year, I had a, a fat tax bill. So one day I woke up and I was a shade over $30,000 in debt. So I would say that was a pretty, pretty low point for me. I had always kind of just been hovering in the zero to a couple of thousand dollar range my whole entire life. Because as mentioned before, I, you know, I just always stuck to the core principle of, I don't spend what I don't have. You know, I didn't even get credit cards until my late 20s. So that was really tough for me. In business, uh, when I was 23, 24, I, uh, I moved out from California. I developed a whole entire concept with my buddy uh, who actually came from family money. Uh, invested about nine months of my life into this concept. We signed a letter of intent. It's called an LOI for half a million dollars. My buddy goes to Colorado for the weekend and then he passes away. And uh, all the money got taken away. So I've been through debt. I've been through uh, thinking I was on the verge of something big to uh, abruptly losing my business partner uh, to death. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the actual genesis of Iconic came when myself and my business partner, Jeff Cole, were living in a little piece of shit apartment in Carlsbad, uh, San Diego. This thing was... Uh, maybe 400 square feet. I actually have posted it on my Instagram before. Uh, a little piece of shit place. It was an Airbnb. I had a twin size bed, nothing in my room. And we were working for another company, uh, under, uh, underpaid, underutilized, under incentivized, under appreciated. And uh, me and Jeff, you know, I saw a hole in the affordable art space and he saw what everybody's attention was drawn to on Instagram. So in late 2016, we started drop shipping art. And uh, made a thousand dollars here and there. And in 2017, uh, in March, we started doing paid ads. On March 1st of 2017, my whole entire life changed, and I learned about uh, digital marketing, paid acquisition, and the idea that someone pays money for something and it's in your bank the next day. So, since so I've just been through tons and tons of shit, and you know, those are things that you know to this day, I think about a lot of those things, and and they inspire me in different ways. I mean. I was told that I was not worth $3,500 a month at one point. I actually have it tattooed right next to my hand on my wrist. I have, in, in it's probably two inches in big font, $3,500, and I look at it every single day. So, yeah, man, I've been put through the ringer a ton of different ways, and I have a podcast that we're launching, and we've done 17 episodes, and I could tell everybody that's listening, uh, a couple uniform traits across all those people. One, none of them came from money. None of them. 
all at the highest of high upper middle class. And I can tell you that all 16, 17 of those people have a laundry list of stories, just like the one that I told you guys, that they've been through shit. Uh, I think going through the shit personally is where you learn the most. So I wouldn't take back all of those shitty, shitty moments for anything. So, Yeah, I think that's huge. Actually going through struggles and experiencing them because you kind of create this mindset that you want out of it. And then you couple that with determination and having a concrete why. I mean, you're unstoppable. So would you say, you know, I'm sure there's days, every entrepreneur has them where you're just not feeling it. You're not motivated. You don't want to do anything. You might be questioning, you know, the direction of the company. If you have those days, do you think about everything you've been through and it kind of creates this energy in you that allows you to propel forward for that day? Yeah. I mean, I literally have them, I have this stuff tattooed on my body. So I look at it all the time. But I mean, ultimately <laughs> it's going back on reverse engineering, uh, starting something that you're truly passionate about. And I always say it's finding something that you're passionate about and that you can uh, put your effort into. And, you know, for me, I stay home on Friday nights sometimes and I work all night. I don't consider it work. To be frank with you, it's, I truly believe that entrepreneurs are, are, are born, they're not made. And it's having, you know, that, that, that resiliency, that, that passion, that energy, and that, you know, unrelentless determination to just figure out how to solve the problems. And I just look at the lows as just, you know, problems that are disguised as opportunities. So again, not to be, I feel like this is two answers already. You know, you asked me, you asked me if I ever spent money on something down. I'm going to say this again. My lows are really not that low, man. I, you know, I've been in, again, even with Iconic, I mean, we've been in terrible positions before on, on a multitude of levels, but it's really just, you have to live, uh, you have to fight to live another day. And, you know, I, I always say always and only make mistakes uh, one time and make them as quick as you can. So I always say, keep in making mistakes really, really fast and just make them once and, and you'll be good. And just as long as they're not fatal, you're good. So I never really get too down. And at the same time, I never really get too up. I, I, you know, I get congratulations all the time and, oh, you're killing it. I don't let that get to my head at all. Uh, we have a mission. The mission has not been accomplished. And uh, I enjoy, you know, the mini victories as much as I can, but I don't let any of this shit get to my head, man. I know that there's levels to this and I am nowhere close to the best version of myself, nor is my partner, nor is my company. So it's really just staying even keel and not getting too low and not getting too high. Is this relentless energy that you have what attracted Gary V to y'all's brand? Yeah, man. Um, I always say people on Instagram nowadays, you know, a lot of these losers, they think they're tricking people. And, you know, and, and Gary, ironically enough, has made the same analogy, makes it a little different. But a lot of these losers out there, they think they're tricking people when they buy followers, they buy engagement, they're, you know, in front of the cars. And it's like, buddy, you're, you're, you're tricking the 99% of the world that can be tricked, but you're never going to trick the 1% and the 1% hold the keys to ultimate success. So with Gary, it's pretty simple. A winner knows a winner. We met him and right away he knew. Obviously the energy was one thing. Um, I'm very high energy. We've, we, we've met before. And anyway, that follows me know I'm very high energy. So, I mean, it's for him to meet somebody that mirrored his own energy. He definitely loved it. And he saw some of himself in me. So a hundred percent, the energy is, I mean, he loved it, but 
ultimately it's knowing what the fuck you're doing. And it's really, for me in the beginning of a company, you know, the first 4,500 customers I dealt with, I did all the customer service. So how are you going to tell me that I don't know about my business when I dealt with every single objection issue, where they came from, I saw it all. For, for us to, you know, talk about the business and he saw how granular I can get and how much I really understood the business, my passion for figuring out the problems, that's what drew him to it. It's, nowadays, it's really hard to find operators that know what the fuck they're doing. So uh, I think that's what drew him uh, to Jeff and I is we're really doing it. We're not talking to talk. like We're actually doing this shit. So uh, that's definitely what drew him to us. I think that's huge too because nowadays, just like you touched on on social media, they make it seem like if you're an entrepreneur, you have to outsource everything that you do. But just like you said, when you no. do that, you fail to learn certain parts of your business completely. And I think that is a downfall for a lot of people. Like, yeah, I know people who have VAs and they seem like a good thing, but only when you can train them and you're at that expert level. But social media paints this really off picture of what an entrepreneur should actually be like, you know, buying the engagement, seeming like you're more credible and famous than you actually are paying to be in front of Lambos and girls and all this stuff. But just like you said, the 1% holds the key to the ultimate success. And if you're tricking 99% of that space, you're not really doing much for yourself. It's, it's really short-term success at that point. You really want long-term success. That's the goal in all of this. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I've learned. Uh, I'd say in the last year is just, is the patience be an opportunity now but if you wait a bit, uh, you can penetrate and uh, optimize the opportunity better. It's having uh, the willpower and, and strategic mind to know that, you know, you can make a time now or you can make a quarter later. And are you willing to, to hold your breath until you make that quarter? And I'm always willing to hold my breath. I love what I do. It's not about the money. You know, if I can optimize my money, <laughs> obviously I'll do it. So, yeah, man, people, uh, people are just Instagram are really discussing very followers. That is fucking fraud, man. You are committing fraud. There's a different form of fraud, but I mean, there's people I know. I mean, there's people I was friends with that do that. And I, I just don't fuck with them. It's like, you are, you just have, you're just morally unethical. Like, I don't even know how else to put it. So for, for people out there, I mean, I just really recommend be authentic to yourself. Um, if you, if you keep putting in the work, uh, the real work, I mean, you know, I, I, just like you guys, I started with zero followers. I wasn't verified. I was, you know, negative $30,000 in the hole. Like everyone starts from zero. So, you know, if you start from zero and you build it organically, you're going to build a real base. I mean, it's, it's wild for me to think like when I met you, you know, you knew about me and, you know, you were a fan of, of, of stuff that I put out, like there's a reason for that. It's because my shit is real. I'm authentic. I'm not cutting corners and I'm just putting out there what it is. So for the young entrepreneurs listening, like there's, there's stats out there that, you know, the, 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 the most successful entrepreneurs don't strike until they're like 45 years old. It's these, it's these young guys like Mark Zuckerberg that create this, this false sense of how easy it is to succeed. I mean, I'm 34 years old. Like, I love the spot I'm in right now. 
like it's funny because like you know i have friends that are you know 26 28 and they like they like kind of like jabbing me like i'm like you know oh like are you getting older and i'm i'm laughing to them i'm like talk to me if you're in the spot that i'm in in five years so um yeah just be patient man and, and, and be authentic and that'll take you the furthest i think like i was talking about before i think social media also paints this this space that you have to get success very, very quickly, but it takes time. And I know Gary Vee preaches this all the time on social media that you have to have patience. You know, you can't just try to hit a home run on the first swing because it doesn't always happen. But you know, you've got Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, these billionaires that attained a massive level of success on their first entrepreneurial journey. Right. But that doesn't always happen. And people have to understand that it just takes time. It takes patience. It takes a lot of hard work. You're going to go through a lot of shit, a lot of struggles. Like that's what I want Budget Trek to paint is this picture that there are so many struggles and people like Mark Brazil and Gary Vee and Andy Dane Carter and all these people who seem successful today are successful because they went through shit to get where they're at today. But that's not always painted. And I think people just get this false sense that, oh, I'm going to start you know, a random company because it's hot right now. And I'm going to be a millionaire by next month, but it doesn't happen that way. So that's why I like talking about, you know, what you've been through because iconic is huge. And I've known about iconic for probably two years, maybe. And then I got to meet you in Vegas. Love like, it. This, is, this is huge. I mean, I knew about iconic in college and that was, you know, two years ago, but Love it, man. It, it's just your brand is contagious and the hard work. It's contagious because it's real. It's genuine. And that's what you want nowadays. Yeah, and I think now more than ever, you can't fake that. Um, people see right through it. So again, man, people leave this conversation, you know, they're listening to this podcast. The one thing above all is just be authentic. And there's somebody, you know, there's some sort of small niche or maybe a big niche that is going to appreciate and, and value your true authenticity. So be authentic and take it the furthest. Yeah, definitely be authentic because that's going to be huge in anybody's entrepreneurial journey. But Mark, I want to transition this conversation because, you know, this podcast did start about personal finance and obviously financial success is something everyone has a clear vision of in their head. In my opinion, I don't think you ever reach your definition of financial success because I believe as human beings, when we get close to attaining that goal, we escalate it to an entirely new level. So what does financial success mean to you right now? And how do you predict that changing over time? Uh, I always, it's not about financial success to me. It's about success period. And for me, it's always about doing what I want with who I want, when I want. And I think that I'm doing that right now. I could further optimize it, which I just went to South America for seven days to be able to travel more and my, my company run as smooth as possible. Yeah, I can optimize that. Uh, financially, uh, it's pretty simple. Me and my business partner uh, have a number, and if someone comes and wants to buy the company for that number, you know we'll have a conversation. So, outside of that, I'm not I'm not a guy that's overly, um, you know, I'm, you know, I like money. Uh, <laughs> I'm very uh, driven, but for me. You know, I'm starting to become much closer with a lot of guys that, you know, are billionaires and have hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, sometimes people don't always climb those ranks uh, as ethically as, uh, as, I, as, as I would like to do so. So 
for me, you know, if I have $67 million or I have $131 million, it's really not going to make uh, the biggest difference to me. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm just a guy that I'm a mix between bougie, but I also appreciate the smaller things in life. Um, for me, it's more like about experiences. So uh, for me, financial success, I have a number for the company. Um, but right now, the path that we're on, uh, it's really about incremental growth every year. So for me, uh, I wouldn't say that I have a, a macro goal for myself personally. I just have a micro goal for myself and the company, and that's uh, a certain percentage growth every year. And we've achieved that thus far. And so far this month in January, we're on track. So for me, it's just, it's just growth. I love that, man. But you talk a lot about ethics and staying true to yourself and being genuine. Does that come from the way you were raised or did you kind of experience things over time that made you think that that's the right route to go? I was, I have the best parents in the world, man. I, uh, I mean, I, I have a pretty filthy mouth, but I mean, I have two conservative loving parents that don't, you know, that don't curse. My dad doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. You know, my sister is an amazing human as well. Uh, I think for the most part, it's just how you were brought up. I mean, I know good people that, you know, don't say thank you. Don't say you're welcome. Don't open the door for people. And do I think that they're bad people? No, I just don't think that they're raised correctly. That's my personal opinion. Something like thank you is the most inexpensive thing that goes the longest way. That's what that's how I was raised. So I think it's really about uh, how you were raised. And again, I'm really unorthodox. I'm kind of wild and all over the place, but uh, I'm definitely someone that's appreciative, uh, warm. I let people, you know, I'm 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 a nice guy, and I'm I'm always thankful uh, for everything. So so yeah, I think it's how you you were raised. Like for me, if I go on a date with a girl. If she doesn't say thank you for the meal that I paid for, uh, I'm not interested because <laughs> for me, it's, that's, that's how you were raised and ultimately the person that I want to marry. There's certain things I'm looking for. And one of the main things is uh, how you're going to be as a mother. I'm like, that's just ridiculous for me. Like if someone pays for your meal, someone buys me anything, I, I, I show gratitude and say thank you. So um, yeah, I think it's how you were raised. Yeah it goes back to you being an actually genuine person. And it's weird, you know, me and my wife were talking the other day and I was talking about how, you know, back in high school, I used to be kind of a douchebag and I would, I wouldn't look down on people, but I would think different of people who were, I guess, just them. They didn't care how they acted. They were just them. It was their personality and they didn't care. And now as I've gotten older, I'm only 23, but it's like, I enjoy being around people who are just them. They're themselves all the time and they don't care what anybody thinks. They have their own standards. They have their own way of doing things. And I love being around people like that. It's just crazy how being in this space, it's, it's been, it's been so easy to recognize who's genuine, who's not. You're one of the most genuine people I've interviewed so far. And I've interviewed 30 something people. So people are drawn to personality and you could have the best business in the world, but if you're a dick, and you are fraudulent and you do things that aren't ethical, like people aren't drawn to you. Yeah, you might have a lot of money and a lot of things, but at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, does that even really matter? No, it doesn't. You're speaking all facts right here, man. And like I said, man, we're living in a time now that it's just, I mean, people could say a lot of things they want about me, but with me, you're gonna, you know, what you see is what you get. And I'm a fair guy that has ethics. So 
I completely agree, man. It's, it's wild, man. It's with this Instagram world we live in. Like if you're a piece of shit, like you're screwed, man. Everyone knows you're a piece of shit. It's, it doesn't take long to travel to, to all these circles. And then before you know it, you're just not in a good spot and you're, you're out here, you know, spending your time instead of going on offense, you're going on defense, trying to, to, to fix the dumb shit you've already done. I, I have a guy right now that, you know, did some shitty stuff to one of my friends and he's apologizing and saying he wants to do this and this and this for me. And it's pretty simple. I'm not interested in ever doing anything with you until my friend gives me the a thousand percent go ahead that says this guy has mended that and, you know, give him a chance. So I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. And uh, my mother and father who, who might listen to this will appreciate that as well. Thank you, man. Yeah, no problem, man. So I, I want to hit on that because when we were in Vegas, you said a phrase that the power of association is one of the most important things ever. Oh, yeah. Going through this entrepreneurial journey, you know, your business partners, vendors, whatever you're dealing with people-wise, how important has that been for the success of Iconic? It's everything. You can't align with bad apples. I mean, it, it kind of goes back. I mean, we met at a, a Travis Trappel's mastermind and, you know, I've spoke at stuff where I was going to be put on stage with someone that I didn't agree with their ethics. And ironically enough, literally it happened. And like two months later, he like got popped all over Instagram uh, for just being a fraud. And I don't want to sound like uptight or obnoxious or like pompous, but this is, this is real shit out here. Like if you're on a stage with someone that's a fucking fraud, I mean, people are taking videos of that. People are posting on the internet. And then before you know it, there's a, uh, a clip that lives on the internet forever of me on stage talking with a crook. And then the crook is in the media, you know, and then I'm going to run for, for office and they're like, oh, this guy's with the crook. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the association is, is, is absolutely everything. And I've seen it, how you prefaced and opened up this interview. You know, a lot of it, you said Gary Vee multiple times. I mean, let's call it Spade to Spade. He's one of the biggest, you know, most well-known entrepreneurs in the whole entire world. Obviously, you're going to talk about it. And the whole entire deal with them, he knows. He's not an idiot. I mean, it was done by design, certain things. Like, being partners and associated with him has opened up doors that I wouldn't say they wouldn't be opened, but they wouldn't be opened as quick as they were. Mm. And the deal wouldn't have been as much in our favor at the gate as it was. When you're a guy that gives value first, it's something that I pride myself in, you know, and you're going into negotiations and deals, it's always lopsided because you're the guy that's given all the value. So um, for people listening, I can't stress to you enough, audit your surroundings, who you talk to every single day, who you go into business with, a reputation is a Warren Buffett line. And, you know, you can take a whole entire life building and then it can take two minutes to fucking destroy it. So be very, very weird of who you align yourself with. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I'm only 23. I'm young. And, you know, it's taken me 23 years to build up this reputation of who Brady Morgan actually is. But I could go screw up in two minutes and ruin all of that. It's crazy how easy that yep. is and how conscious you are of just not even surrounding yourself with people who don't align with what you want is huge because I don't think enough people think about that. You can surround yourself with people who do drugs, commit felonies, have all these strippers and whatnot. And you're like, well, if I don't do it, then it doesn't matter. I didn't do it. But you're putting that stuff into your subconscious. And over time, 
I firmly believe that your mind will think it's okay to do those things because the people you surround yourself with most of the time are doing them. So I just think not, oh, not yeah. even for business, but just for life in general, you know, you talked about, you know, wanting to get married, have kids. You're not going to find your wife, you know, more than likely as a stripper, <laughs> just going to say that out there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just no, think no, it's no. uh, I, I it, it's such a powerful thing who you associate yourself with and who you partner with. And I want to dive into this too, because I know your, your partner, Jeff Cole, you seem very close on Instagram. How important has, you know, that partnership, that brotherhood been too? Because, you know, y'all have both been through the ranks and been through the shit and the struggles and look where you're at today. So do you guys have similar roles in Iconic or do you kind of have, you know, a day-to-day and then a big picture guy? I mean, it's the single most important thing in business is your business partner. It's like a marriage. I've seen businesses literally, it's the difference between winning and losing. Who's your partner? I've been a part of businesses where it's two guys, one guy's good, one guy sucks, and the business will never get past one spot because you have the one guy that sucks that's making X amount of money per month and he's just draining the company. And then the guy that's good can never pay himself more money because then he's got to pay the other dipshit more money. And, how, and then you're like, oh, why am I going to pay this guy more? He sucks. So it's absolutely everything. And I think, ironically enough, me and Jeff just took something called the Harrison test. And it really, it's like the, uh, the Myers-Briggs test on crack where it really dives into uh, attributes, values, traits, everything, strengths, weaknesses. And me and Jeff are the complete polar opposites. And we're looking for a partner. It's something I say often. If there's a hundred different things that go into business, you know, marketing, accounting, legal, sales, creative, the goal is, is you want to find a partner that is complimentary and is doing the things you're not good at. So in the beginning, you guys can get as much done as possible, as efficiently as possible from a time and resources perspective. So mm-hmm. uh, when the company started, uh, since the company started, Jeff's business acumen has, has definitely uh, improved. But I mean, when the business started, Jeff was a full-on 1,000% creative, and I was a through-and-through business guy. So you have one guy doing the business, he's got complete autonomy there. You have another guy doing the creative, he's got complete autonomy there. He could suggest to me business, but I have the final word. I can suggest to him creative, but he has the, the final word. It's been a great formula for us thus far. So yeah, man, and uh, you know, he was raised, you know, I know his parents, he was raised well. Me and him have very similar values. So uh, I'm fucking blessed, man. He's He's a really good partner. Yeah. I have a business partner as well. And, you know, we're polar opposites too. I mean, yeah, there's some things that we're both good at, but at the end of the day, if we both focus on the same thing because we're both good at the same thing, it's going to take two, three, four times as long to get where we want to go. I think 99% of the time, it's key in finding someone to work with that's as driven as you, has the same ethics as you, but has skills that complement you that are not your skills. 1,000% 1,000% agree. 1,000% agree. Yeah, for people out there, if you find that guy or girl that you think is the right fit, a lot of people, and this is the whole entire thing too with Jeff, uh, a funny story. I don't know if we talked about it, but I remember in the beginning when we first started kind of growing, you can look at you know, the business relationship between a creative and a businessman, and there's one of two ways. You either have the creative, which is the artist, and then you have the quote-unquote business guy, which is the manager. The manager usually gets 20%, the creative gets 80. That's one situation. Or you have the opposite where there's the business guy in the business, and then you have a creative where you could be a designer and that person could have 0% or maybe a small percent. 
you had my friends coming to me going like, hey, why the fuck did you go 50-50 with Jeff? And you had his friends, why the fuck did you give Mark 50-50? And uh, ironically enough, uh, you know, we both were very uh, steadfast and, and believed in each other. And we both knew deep down inside that we made the right decision. And, uh, you know, looking back, we made the right decision. So the, the silver lining out of that for people listening is if you find someone good, it's very hard to find good people. It's the hardest thing. Don't be a fucking idiot and negotiate, you know, 45, you know, 45, 55 versus 60, 40. Like it's fucking 5%. You know, you're going to waste years of your life going to find somebody that might not even be as good as the person that you're fucking wasting your time over that 5%. So if you find good people, do anything and everything to incentivize them. And just like you said, finding a good business partner is not the easiest thing in the world. And it's so important because if you have this vision for the company and they don't have that same vision or they have a vision that is complete opposite, it's not going to work out. And you have to recognize that early on because if you try to settle and allow that person to just integrate himself or herself into your business, it's going to implode. And I think too many people, like we talked about before, they don't have the patience to actually look and figure out and vet a person before they allow them to come in. And just like we've been talking about for a majority of this episode, you've got to have patience and you got to be willing to put in the work and the grind and the hustle to get to that next level. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, me and Jeff, you know, there was a mutual understanding that, you know, the core DNA of both of us were aligned. It was, we fucking work. That's it. You know, our whole entire company is backed by, among other attributes, people that work really, really hard and are passionate about learning, teaching, and are, and are curious. So kind of the little antithesis of what I said before is if you find someone good, uh, you know, make a deal happen. But at the same time, make sure that they demonstrate over a decent period of time that they are who you think you are, that you, they are who you think they are. Because I also have seen people not be who I think they are. So right. uh, be patient, but once you know then be aggressive. I love it, man. I love it. We'll go ahead and get wrapping up. For those people out there who are on social media and do aspire to be entrepreneurs and do their own thing, what would be your number one piece of advice for them to actually get to start and take their business or idea to the next level? Skills and knowledge are the most important things in this whole entire world. Um, it might not be relevant to a quote-unquote entrepreneur, it's the most relevant thing to any human in the world. My favorite Kanye quote, if you can't be used, you're useless. It's a cold world we live in, but that's, that, that's the cold hard facts. So if you go into a fucking room right now, go into your parents' parents' house in a room, and you spend six months nonstop, every single day, all day, working on you know, your craft, playing the trumpet, learning how to use a drone, knowing how to program and code, go do that. And then, and, and then watch what happens in your life. It's not going to be by chance that you're going to succeed. You're going to be defensible against the market in every which way possible because you're going to be wanted. So everybody out there is doing all of these fucking things and they think that there's, that there's the secret to success. The secret to success is investing in yourself and developing a skill or a knowledge set that cannot be fucking denied. And once you do that, and you can't be denied, I got people that don't even want to fuck with me, but they have to fuck with me. 
when you get there, that's when it gets real. So for all the entrepreneurs out there, uh, try as many things as possible until you find that thing that you're both passionate about and you can put effort into. And once you find that thing, go absolutely fucking ape shit day and night and invest anything and everything to become the best in the world at that. And when you do that, magically, everything is going to change. It wasn't by chance that I kind of blew up. It was because I had put in years and years and years of being the first guy in the office, the last guy in the office, the guy staying during the weekends, the guy reading the books, the guy going to places that nobody else wanted to go to, to shake the guy's hand that nobody wanted to shake. It wasn't by fucking chance. So put in the fucking work and you're good. I don't know nice. if that's cliche, but that's my answer. Well, it, it takes years to become an overnight success. People don't see the work that's put in. They don't see you behind closed doors. They don't see you when you're not posting on social media. So what Mark's saying, guys, is just put the work in. Go silent. Get off social media. Study. Self-educate. Hone in on one skill because once you are an expert at that skill, everybody's going to want you. And then at that point, you decide where you go. They don't decide where you go. And I think that's super important. And the cool thing about it is that you know who's in control of that? You are. You're in control of the skills and knowledge that you obtain. So take advantage of wherever you're at today and just do it. And you will see major success in your life, your idea, your business, whatever it is. And just do it, guys. The craziest thing is that we need to leave with this. Is it, and in inquiring that skill set, you can do it nowadays for cheaper than you ever can do. And you can access, I mean, think about, think about this podcast. Brady, I just like you. I don't even know how many fucking episodes you have. I don't know how many people have been on it. I don't know any of that shit. But I liked you. You're a genuine dude and I came on it. So, and, and you, you like my stuff and you reached out to me and you got to me and now I'm on the podcast. So everybody out there, there's no fucking excuses. Everything is accessible now. You can get the skills, the knowledge, the access is all accessible. So no fucking excuses. That's it. Yeah, I, I want to I close with this too. When I had initially reached out to Mark on Instagram, I sent him a, a video DM and I told him I was going to be in Vegas at Travis Chapel's event. And he said, sweet, we'll talk there. And I don't know if you remember, Mark, but when I came up to you and said, hey, I messaged you on Instagram, you're like, okay, because you probably get DMs all the time. But the thing about it is, is if you want to insert yourself in someone's life or get someone on your podcast or discuss a business opportunity with someone, just take the leap. Just do it. Put yourself in that opportunity before you try to wait for the opportunity to come to you because it may never come to you. So you just have to chase opportunity, self-educate. And just grind. I mean, that's the key to all of this. Don't be scared. That's exactly what you're saying, guys. Don't be scared. So I appreciate you, man, big time. I'm, uh, I'm going to hop back out of here. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. Brady, you're a good man. Keep crushing. Appreciate it, my man. Thanks for listening. I'm posting episodes every day in January at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.